Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, co-host of the show, and so excited to have you here this week. We've got a great conversation between Gray and Chris Storm. Chris is the CEO of ClearPivot, and in this conversation, he breaks down his agency journey, how he got transitioned from teaching English as a second language in China to being a marketing agency, now doing experiments with sales enablement, and having a lot of success in the cosmetic healthcare market. Some really good nuggets in here. Hope you enjoyed this conversation between Chris and Gray. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. This is Gray, and this week it is my pleasure and privilege to bring on Chris Strom from ClearPivot uh, out in Denver, an inbound marketing agency who's been with HubSpot for a while now. Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, Gray. It's uh, good to be on here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I, I guess so. The place we normally start <clears throat> is with kind of your background and the ClearPivot background. Um, so I do want to start there, but I'm curious to know, so it sounds like you had spent a couple years abroad and then around 2007, 2008 came back to the States, um, and through a series of events wound up starting doing your own kind of freelance work on the side, but what were you doing abroad? And then what was, what was the transition to, uh, to get to clear pivot? Oh, sure. Yeah. After college, I actually, um, uh, went and spent three years working in China Nice. Um, what, yeah. what were you doing over there? Uh, I was uh, teaching English for two years over there at an English center um, down in the southern part of the country, close to Hong Kong. Okay. I did that for two years. And then um, for the third year, I went up to Beijing and actually spent a, a year studying Mandarin full time at a university up there. Nice. So you're, I would imagine you're fluent in, uh, in Chinese then, in Mandarin. Yeah. I said Chinese, but there's like a million different dialects, aren't there? Yeah, the written language is um, fairly standardized, but um, yeah, there's thousands of oral dialects and then variations within the oral dialects. Um, it's yeah. uh, really complex. Hmm. So Mandarin is um, kind of the official national oral dialect. It's a northern dialect. Um, down in Hong Kong, for instance, they speak the Cantonese dialect. Hmm. And those are the two most common ones. Yeah. But That's it's awesome. kind of like uh, every town and every village has its own variation. Quasi dialect, yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So you come back to the States, um, and how did you get started with what eventually would become Clear Pivot? Yeah, so my background in college here in the U.S. was graphic design. And so I came back to the States and I was working as a designer at a, at a software company here in Denver, um, for a little bit and, um, started doing some freelance work on the side as well. Um, that was back in the, I came back literally right as the huge recession hit. And, um, so I just started doing some freelance work just to get anything I could coming in the door as I was looking for jobs. Yep. And, um, I just, kept doing the freelance work on top of the uh, the day job stuff. 
And um, then the company I was working at the day job didn't make it and closed up shop. And uh, so, but I was still getting pretty good stream of freelance work. It was mostly web-based design at that point rather than print design. Um, so I decided to uh, incorporate a business entity and just try to run with it. And um, at first, for about uh, the first year or so, um, it was just me and I was just doing uh, d web design and development. And then about a year in, uh, I decided to transition more over to the marketing side because um, uh, a couple of reasons were um, clients started asking me to do that. Like I would uh, build them a site and then they would say, hey, can you, uh, you know, help me with the analytics on my site and tell me what's going on each month? Or can you help me with my PPC campaigns or um, all that sort of stuff? So they started requesting it. And um, then I decided that was um, just kind of a better business for everyone, both for me and for them, where we could uh, work together on an ongoing basis month after month rather than just... Um, being some guy they bring in, do a big website redesign, and then say goodbye to and never talk again. Right. So with the transition to that, uh, where does HubSpot fit into the journey? Did, was that happening around the same time, or did HubSpot come later? Um, it happened around the same time we, or I decided to um, pivot over to focusing on marketing services about a year in. Um, I wanted to pivot into that, but I, frankly, at that time, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, um, starting to do lots of self-education and stuff and, like, um, following, like, Marketing Profs, that website, and, um, you know, finding, like, Moz and things like that. And, of course, I came across HubSpot at that time as well. And um, that was about the time that uh, Pete Caputo was... Um, you know, really starting to build up the partner program and was doing a lot of the webinars and stuff. And uh, so I started attending lots of those. And uh, basically the stuff that Pete, Pete Caputa and HubSpot did were um, is what taught me the skills to be able to make the transition from design and development over to uh, a holistic inbound marketing service. Right. That makes sense. And this is... Uh, 2011, 2012, is that around when it was? Um, 2010, 2011. Okay. Right so a little bit yeah. earlier. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, um, I noticed on the clear pivot site and we've talked about this a little bit before, but some of the industries that you serve, but just kind of bring us up to, uh, to where you guys are today in terms of like what, what sets clear pivot apart in the marketing agency space, what are the industries or services that, that you guys have that make you different? Mm, sure. Um, you know, like, like a lot of agencies, we've done a lot of, uh, work with B2B services companies of various types, and that's always a good fit. But, um, kind of one niche we've, uh, found ourselves in is, um, we started doing a lot of work in, uh, the cosmetic healthcare space. Um, so things, practices like, um, medical spas and cosmetic surgeons, um, things like that. Um, so doing marketing for like, uh, you know, laser skin treatments, facelifts, um, rhinoplasties, which is like nose reshaping and things like that. Um, we started working with one client in that space 
and they introduced us to another client and another client and so on. And um, so that's been a, a niche we've uh, grown into. And um, it's a space with, um, I think, a lot of opportunities because it's a space that has been really dominated by very old school uh, marketing, um, both uh, like just old school like billboards and radio ads marketing. And then on the online side, it's, um, you know, um, it's an industry that's very filled with just like old school SEO specifically. And um, they're just, a lot of the practices are, you know, at least a decade behind. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of opportunities to make a big impact in that space. Right. That's awesome. When you started getting connected and into that space, are a lot of the clients that you have there, are they local or is that uh, national? Uh, it's pretty national. Um, we have one client here in Denver, and then um, the other ones are in different countries across the U.S. Okay, nice. That's awesome. And your team, are you guys in person out in Denver as well? Um. I'd say about three, eh, maybe two-thirds of us are here in Denver, and another one-third are in various other states. Okay. Um, but even those of us in Denver are pretty spread out, um, and it can be an hour drive or more for us to be able to meet in person. Nice. Uh, so most of the time, even though we're a lot of us are in Denver, we still work virtually. Um, but we do uh, meet up once a week in person. Right. That's awesome. Well, cool. I think, uh, I mean, there's so many agencies and it's funny that, that you mentioned that I've talked to a couple of other agencies who are, um, in the same city, but still work remotely. And it's nice to have that ability to do that. And it's all, I mean, it's a huge blessing that you're able to be able to work from wherever people want to, but still be able to get together in person that frequently too. That's awesome. Yeah. And with our clients being in other States too, it's, um, it kind of doesn't really matter. Right. Um, in fact, it's uh, it's more of a hassle to drive and meet our Denver-based clients in person than it is just to start GoToMeeting and call our Ohio client or our Tennessee client. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, let's, speaking of clients, uh, that's one of the things that we like to dig into on the podcast here is just what's working well for you guys as an agency. Um, are there any success stories, whether it's uh, internally or, or with a client that you'd want to share with us, kind of your chance to brag about the team and the work that you guys are doing? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, we're actually uh, updating a, a case study right now on um, one of our fairly long-term clients. Um, they're actually, they're not in the cosmetic healthcare space. They're actually an RV insurance agency of all things. Um, but we've worked with them for uh, several years at this point and, it's uh, it's been a great success. Um, so we several years ago um, we got connected with them. Um, we rebuilt their website at that time, and then started doing uh, retainer work together. Um, you know, kind of a combination of a lot of the usual sort of stuff like um, um, blogging, email campaigns, um, social media. Um, Premium content like downloadable ebooks or checklists, things like that. A lot of a lot of focus on marketing automation work for them. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so the content is uh, so they're an insurance agency, and 
you can't really talk about that a whole lot because of, uh, you know, like legal and compliance issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. So generally content wise, what we do is, uh, we, uh, talk about the RV lifestyle and we're putting out content on, uh, um, you know, great places around the country to visit. Um, a lot of, um, RV care and maintenance stuff. Um, like how to, uh, um, you know, how to, you know, make sure you don't kill your battery, make sure how to make sure, um, you know, all the tanks in your RV, um, stay, uh, you know, don't get clogged up and stuff like that, how to maintain it. Um, a perennial favorite content topic is, uh, RV friendly recipes actually, hmm. um, you know, recipes of, uh, dishes that you can make in a small RV kitchen that still tastes good. Right. Um, so a lot of content like that. And, um, so over the last, uh, so they're working with us on all the organic and social and content side, and they're working with another agency on the PPC side. Okay. And, um, so then, um, between all of us, um, over, we're comparing, uh, average monthly visits in 2013 to 2016 and uh, average monthly visits are up about 68% and uh, average monthly lead generation is uh, up by 30% uh, 2016 compared to 2013. Nice. And, and um, yeah, so, so those are great stats. And then their total marketing reach, like their total audience size between email and Facebook and things like that. Um, has more than doubled in that time. That's great. Chris, is that a, uh, I mean, obviously that's a, a big success for the client. Um, is that a pretty typical, I mean, as far as the business, and this is kind of going back to clear pivot a little bit, but uh, business breakdown wise, are most of your clients, or, or is that a pretty typical client path to start with a website and then move into the inbound marketing retainer or are you doing a lot of project work versus retainer work and what's the breakdown of the services that you guys are most frequently uh delivering mm -hmm. um uh for the first several years it was um it was definitely mostly project work um you know like fixed scope projects um but then um for the past several years you know we gradually um it took a long time to kind of um you know, start you know, building up a set of um, retainer clients. Um, but eventually we kind of did hit the tipping point. And um, so now for the past couple of years, it's um, almost entirely um, retainer work or retainer lifetime and materials work. It's almost entirely clients where we work with them continually month over month. That's so that's been that's been really nice. That, um, takes a lot of stress off your shoulders for sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, that's a big win as an agency. How are you? So when, uh, either you've got a lead who comes to you or you're approaching a potential prospect, are you starting off with any kind of initial discovery project or anything, or is it straight into like a six or 12 month retainer? Um, it can, it can really vary from client to client. Um, these days we're usually, um, talking about ongoing work, usually pretty quickly up front. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always kind of a scary thing for new, for new prospects. 
Um, so I've been thinking maybe we should, you know, look at um, doing some sort of more of a smaller discovery project at first, um, more regularly. Yeah. So, but uh, we don't, we don't do, um, we don't do uh, um, lock in contracts. So we don't like try to lock you in for six months or 12 months. Um, all of our clients, um, our contracts with them are all technically month to month. Okay. So we don't lock them into anything. And, um, you know, we just have to earn the business every month. Right. Yeah. At least in our experience, a lot of that kind of goes back to how well you set expectations from the beginning. Obviously you don't want to keep a client with you if they're not happy and if things go south far enough, they're going to find a way to get out of, out of a contract anyways, or, yeah. or, or end well. And it's usually just not worth it to have it, but, but setting those expectations up front of, Hey, this is going to take six to 12 months for us to see, uh, the kind of results that, that we've talked about here that you're trying to, to achieve. So you need to have that expectation from the beginning. I think that can be just as effective as well, more effective than saying in a contract we're, you know, we're stuck into this for 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So, um, it, I mean, it sounds like with a ton of these, uh, a lot of retainer clients going on and the bulk of the business coming in that area. Um, one of the things that we dig into on the podcast a lot is just, uh, like what are the processes that different agencies are using and relying on to keep things rolling along? So whether it's, whether it's related to the retainers or something else, are there any processes um, that you guys have built and are using or leveraging the scale clear pivot that you think might be helpful for other agencies to know about? Um, yeah, as far as like, um, kind of scalable processes, um, one, one process that, um, we've been able to kind of duplicate and scale across pretty much all our clients is, um, uh, all our clients follow, uh, a pretty standardized marketing calendar template and a marketing report template. Nice. And what are those? Is there a tool that you're using for that? Or is that something that you guys have built like in Google Docs or Calendar or something? Yeah, it's all just Google Spreadsheets, actually. Okay. Um, so our marketing calendars are a Google Spreadsheet where, you know, we just block out um, the different rows for the different content pieces per month. And, uh, you know, different columns with things like, uh, um, what's the production status? Who's the writer? What's the published date? What's the topic? Here are some notes on it and so on. Um, so our marketing calendar is a Google doc with several tabs in it. So like one tab is for, uh, you know, like website content, um, like landing pages or blog articles, one tabs for email campaigns, one tabs for social media. And then one tabs for like special projects, like rolling out a, a new ebook campaign or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's um, something we've been able to kind of standardize and use with minor variations for pretty much all of our clients. And then same thing on the marketing reports. Um, it's a pretty standardized Google Google spreadsheet template again that we've built out. That's awesome. Different tabs. Right. On the reporting, so are you reporting on a monthly basis? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, we report on a monthly basis, and then we always have a regularly repeating call with a client every month where we get on the phone or meet in person and uh, walk through all the marketing report numbers and discuss them. 
That's awesome. So are you doing to fill out the content calendars then and the plan for um, the upcoming month or upcoming quarter? Is that happening in that same marketing reporting meeting or is there a several one? And, and what's the, the cadence of the planning? Is that done on a monthly basis or quarterly basis? Um, it's always on a monthly basis. Okay. And um, for some clients, we do the marketing reporting and the planning all in the same meeting. And with some clients, we have one meeting for reporting and one meeting for planning. Um, but it's always on a monthly basis. Okay. And, uh, um, we, we really emphasize to clients that, uh, you know, we need commitment on their end, as in like time commitment. You know, we, we want them on the calls every month and we, if they need to reschedule or something, we always reschedule our call with the client. Yep. So that's a, that's a, a commitment that we really emphasize to them is, you know, we need you at these meetings at least once a month, plus ad hoc phone and email communication the rest of the month as we're implementing everything. Right. That makes sense. Well, cool. Um, so you've got these templates and the retainer side of the business going well. Let's jump into the flip side here and what's uh, something that maybe you guys are struggling through right now or an area where you'd like to improve the uh, clear pivot? Mm, yeah. Um, I was thinking about this and um, um, I think pretty, the most uh, consistent thing uh, that we struggle with is um, when uh, when clients don't have, you know, the right level of commitment on their end specifically. Um, you know, whether it's uh, either on the marketing side or on the sales side. Um, like if uh, on the marketing side, if the client thinks that their involvement is like they just hire us and then we go do magic for them and then they just wait for awesome stuff to happen. That's, that's really difficult. Um, because that's not how it works. <laughs> I thought that's how it works. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what they wish. Yep. Um, so obviously that's really difficult because they're the ones in the business and they're the ones talking to the customers and so on. And, um, we really need their engagement to be able to, you know, to do stuff that really can connect with their mm -hmm. audience um, and then on the sales side, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've seen a lot of companies over the years, they just don't do sales well at all. And they, they don't even do very good lead follow-up. Um, like maybe, you know, a lead comes in, maybe their salesperson calls them back once or twice and they get the voicemail and maybe send one email and then they just give up and say, okay, I need another lead now. Yeah. Um, so that's, um, that's a very common problem too. You I know, they're spending, they're paying us this, all this money to generate awareness and bring in leads for them. And then, you know, that's like 90% of it right there. And then we're trying, you know, we have to coach them. Just take the extra time, call your leads a few more times, email them a few more times. You know, they asked to be contacted so you don't have to worry about being a pest to them. You know, you're not cold calling them. These are inbound leads here. Just put in the extra time to get a hold of them. Yeah. I think those are two classic pain points that agencies have run into is lack of buy-in 
from the company in general and the commitment of their time and effort. And then the whole sales side of things to make sure that when you're delivering a new kind of lead or just leads in general from a different source to a company's sales team, that they have some expectation and, and some accountability to how they're going to follow through that and actually close the loop to, to generate real revenue from the work that you're putting in and the money they're investing in the inbound program. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Have you guys, so are you working at all on the, obviously on the, on the buy-in side of things, uh, Marcus Sheridan over at the sales line, uh, talks a lot about doing workshops on the front end. And I, I think that that's a problem that a lot of agencies are, are making strides in addressing the sales side. We're seeing that grow a lot too right now. Are you guys offering any kind of, uh, sales coaching or sales enablement services right now or thinking about that or uh if not um maybe partnering with anybody else what's what's the plan of attack for that um we're definitely exploring different ways of going about it because um the sales the sales enablement and coaching and all aspects of that are the biggest need the biggest single need for sure um so we're trying out a couple different things um, we haven't really committed on one thing in particular yet. Like for one client, um, they weren't doing a good job of following up on their leads and they actually asked us for ideas on how to help them do that. So for them, we're doing, we're actually, um, running their CRM for them and documenting everything. And we might take over some of the sales correspondence for them at some point, um, for, a couple other clients, we've done a little bit of sales coaching, uh, nothing very formalized, um, but we've been doing some of that. And then for some other clients, we've uh, introduced them to other people or companies who do sales coaching themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're trying a couple different things and seeing, you know, how it goes and which one feels most comfortable to us. Right. I like that. I think... Uh... And it's hard to kind of have, especially with the diversity of clients, kind of hard to have just a one-size-fits-all approach. So I think trying those out, figuring out what makes the most sense and then in what situations would you need to go another route makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Well, Chris, before we wrap up here, I want to ask a question that uh, agency owners, team members, everyone loves knowing about, and that is about tools. Uh, even though the processes and the bigger systems are almost always more important than the tools, the tools still make a big difference and that's what gets everyone excited. So I'm curious, do you have, uh, maybe a couple lesser known tools in the agency space that you use a lot and, uh, and enjoy? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the, some of the tools are once people will recognize like Basecamp and QuickBooks and HubSpot and, um, you know, hot jar, things like that. Um, I was thinking about, um, some of the more unusual ones. And, um, for me personally, I was thinking, I realized one tool I use almost more than anything else on a daily basis is just straight up windows notepad. Um, I, it's basically just my scratch pad. Um, and I'll open up a window and I'll just make various notes from, all the meetings and stuff I'm doing all day long. I'll just drop them in a little windows notepad window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I use it on a daily basis 
more than Photoshop, more than like Excel, um, probably not more than HubSpot or like Gmail or something, but um, it's a uh, Windows Notepad is pretty much always open and I'm always using it. Yeah. And um, it's just super, it is what it is. Super simple, plain text, just type stuff in it and super easy. Um, another benefit too is it's always uh, super helpful for uh, when you're moving text between web pages or emails or so on and you need to strip the formatting out. Um, just paste it into Notepad first too and that takes care of uh, removing all the formatting code. Yeah, that's a big improvement over trying to paste into Google Docs or paste out of Google Docs. So good tip. Yeah, yeah. We... Uh, you never want to paste from Google Docs into a web page. It'll uh, it'll always turn out screwy. Yep, headaches for sure. Well, that's awesome. Oh, uh, on the tool side of things, are you guys using um, HubSpot's CRM uh, in terms of internally? Is that what you're using primarily? Or I think at one point you you were using Zoho CRM as well. Uh, what's the CRM setup for you guys now? Mm, yeah. Yeah, several years ago, before HubSpot had a CRM, we used Zoho. We used HubSpot for marketing and Zoho for our CRM. And then once a month, I would do like spreadsheet exports between them to try to keep them in sync. And it was a nightmare. Um, so then when the HubSpot CRM came out, um, we took a look at it and decided almost right away that we were just going to switch over to that. And uh, we switched over to that. I guess two years ago now. And um, so all of our sales and marketing is all in HubSpot now. And, um, and we love it. It's, uh, it's uh, the best CRM for probably any business under a hundred or 200 employees, in my opinion. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being willing to share. Um, if people have follow-up questions for you or just want to follow ClearPivot, um, obviously we'll put the link to uh, to the site and, and resources that we've talked about here in the show notes. Um, but what's the best place for them to find, uh, to connect with you, follow your journey? Um, let's see. They can um, – probably the best place to connect with us would be um, – you know, following us on Facebook or Twitter or actually nowadays Snapchat. Um, we're posting on Snapchat about three times a week. And uh, that's definitely one of the best places to be able to really make a personal connection with people. Um, so following us on any of those uh, areas, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, or Twitter. And our username for all three is ClearPivot. Nice. And, uh, it's ClearPivot, all one word, no spaces. Cool. Well, we'll make sure that those uh, links get in the show notes here. Chris, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Craig. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.